Inflation rates remain higher than anticipated with the release of the latest CPI report earlier this week, yet that is not stopping President Biden and his administration from celebrating the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Railroad workers were anticipated to go on strike earlier this week, yet the Biden administration has stepped in to make a deal. And finally, we have southern states busing migrants from the southern border to states like New York City and to D.C., and Democrats are not happy. We'll talk about all that and more today on Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Pep Talk. I am so happy to have you all here today. We have a lot of important news. Uh, first up, we're going to be talking about inflation, which is apparently much higher than anticipated, yet President Biden is celebrating his Inflation Reduction Act anyway. So uh, earlier in this week, you probably weren't able to follow the news, but if you were, you would have noticed that the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics released its updated consumer price index, aka the CPI report. And essentially, this report details inflationary prices uh, that essentially are governed by what people are purchasing. Uh, what consumers are purchasing, and apparently, according to the report, overall inflation has increased 0.1% in August and 8.3% over the last 12 months. These are obviously not great numbers, considering experts were expecting inflation to go down, not up. In fact, according to CNBC News, quote, economists surveyed by Dow Jones had been expecting a decline of 0.1% for overall inflation, end quote. Yet what we got was a 0.1% increase in overall inflation, not a decrease. So that is not uh, in the right direction. And core inflation was double what experts experts expected, with core inflation increasing by 0.6% month over month. This increase in inflation occurs even as gas prices continue to fall after consumers have effectively shifted to purchasing habits due to the previous record high prices we've been experiencing over the last couple of months. And this is really not great news for the Democrats as their unified government has yet to solve any real economic issue in the last year and a half, given that they've still been in power. Rather, it would seem what they've done is essentially make things worse. The Dow Jones fell 1,200 points on Tuesday after the inflationary report came out, and that marks the worst day for the market since June of 2020. So this is really not good news for Democrats, especially ahead of November midterms uh, elections this year. Yet, that isn't really going to stop President Biden and the Democrats from trying to make things appear better than they actually are economically, which, again, kind of makes sense given that they don't have much time to fix anything before these midterms uh, show up. So the $430 billion bill, known as the Inflation Reduction Act, is seen as the biggest climate change package in U.S. history, and it's kind of been marketed as this uh, bipartisan uh, deal that's been reached, and yet not a single Republican voted for it. So it's not bipartisan in any fashion, and it obviously is not reducing inflation, regardless of whatever you call it. You can call it the Inflation Reduction Act, yet we can see even after it's passed, inflation continues to go up. So it's really not doing what it's supposed to. What it's actually doing is investing a ton, a crap ton of government money into green energy slash climate change stuff. So that's really what it's doing. It is not reducing inflation as they uh, want it to seem to be. Uh, yet even uh, again after its price uh, its passing there's been an unexpected rise in inflation an unexpected in quotes by the way uh, within rent and food prices specifically are soaring so the cost of living cola is uh, increasing dramatically and it's going to be increasing into next year experts are saying and really just economically it is not looking good for President Biden or the Democrats at this point 
again, given the fact that they've been in power of all three, all three branches of government for a year and a half at this point, and they've effectively done nothing to make the economy better. They've actually made it much worse off. I, I believe gas prices are still a dollar or something more than on average nationally than when Biden entered office last year. So it's really not a good look for them, which is why they're trying to make it seem like that everything is okay and jobs are going up. Everything is going to be fine uh, ahead of these November midterms. But obviously, even though this remains a key issue for Democrats and they're trying to kind of sweep it under the rug, the American people obviously can tell from their grocery receipts that inflation is definitely not being reduced and it is still going up as food and rent prices skyrocket. Yet uh, that's going to be a key issue for Democrats this uh, election cycle. So they're going to have to find some way to try and shift the focus, the Overton window away from that, or they're going to have to try and do something to alleviate these inflationary pressures. But we've seen how good they've done thus far, and uh, there's not too much hope right now on that front. But President Biden says that it'll take a while before inflation comes down and that the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act will make it happen. Quote, he says, Quote, it will take more time and resolve to bring down inflation, which is why we passed the Inflation Reduction Act to lower the cost of health care, prescription drugs, and energy, quote, Biden said in a statement earlier in the day. That is from NPR News. So, in other words, there has been essentially uh, this increase in inflation even after the passing of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, and it's not helping the Democrats at all right now, and the American people are really feeling it. I mean, Obviously, all of us feel it as students, you know, trying to go purchase groceries or food or paying increased rent prices for apartments or whatever it is. Prices are just skyrocketing and there is no end in sight of this inflation. It is definitely not the so-called transitory inflation, which a lot of people like to call it or used to call it. Um, It is definitely going to be here to stay until something gets fixed. Now, in other news, we know that this kind of inflation has been causing problems, but we've also been having problems with the supply chain, which is kind of related to this inflation, right? We haven't been able to get all the materials that we've been needing to buy, especially with cars. We haven't been able to have these microchips that go into the cars. Uh, and that's why we've also had car prices skyrocket and basically a, a no supply of new cars here in the U.S. And a lot of other devices that just uh, we haven't been able to get, uh, keep up with demand, essentially. We, we've had so much demand, which is another reason why inflation is so freaking high is because we have so many people going out and buying stuff and there's not enough stuff to go around. And with that, it could have gotten worse with railroad workers attempting to go on a strike earlier this week. They were trying to essentially unionize and go on a strike. And that would have all, that would have hurt the already fragile uh, supply chain crisis that we're enduring right now here in the U S but, um, Apparently, that fear can be alleviated as the railroad workers are no longer going on strike, as the Biden administration has been able to step in and help help an agreement be made between the workers and the railway companies. According to the New York Times, quote, freight railway companies and unions representing tens of thousands of workers reached a tentative agreement to avoid what could have been an economically damaging strike, a relief for American businesses and consumers, and a win for President Biden, whose administration helped broker the deal, end quote. Uh... We have another quote here, quote, the breakthrough was announced by Mr. Biden earlier Thursday morning after all night talks hosted by his labor secretary, Martin J. Walsh, end quote. So we might want to figure out, okay, how did the Biden administration make this happen? Exactly how did we avoid this strike? Because it seemed like it was pretty certain to happen. A lot of people were worried about it, given that, well, 
if they were to go on strike. Now, it would not only hurt our supply chain uh, by them going on strike, by not having the railroads, but it would also further hurt the crisis by essentially shifting all of that pressure on the railways on to truckers, which is already suffering major, major issues right now as they just don't have enough truck drivers. So it was really going to be a bad news if the, the strike went through. So the Biden administration could not have that happen. They were like, no, 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 no way can we have uh, even worse economic news ahead of November midterms. We got to get in there and fix this stuff up right now. And so essentially they did. They went in there and they were able to broker a deal between the companies and the unions. And you got to wonder, well, exactly how does that happen? How were you able to alleviate something so certain to, have, uh, to occur? Well, we, we looked in to try and find out what uh, this deal essentially was, what the details were of the deal. But it was uh, very hush-hush, very secretive. And, you know, when anyone, especially the government, is trying to make a deal secretive, uh, it's probably not great for the American people. It's probably not a good thing. But we were able to find some numbers. And apparently, the Biden administration had helped to arrive at a deal with the railroad workers. And the deal will have, get this, the railroad workers' pay increased by... 24%. That's right. You heard that right. I'm going to say that one more time. The deal reached with the Biden administration is essentially increases all railroad workers' pays up by 24%. And that's not all, folks. That's not it. We're not done. In addition to that 24% pay increase for these workers, they are also going to get an additional immediate $11,000 payout each and every one as soon as this deal is ratified. So imagine, imagine you got not only a 24% increase in your wage, but you also just get $11,000, I don't know, a signing bonus or something. Like that's a pretty darn good deal. And that's essentially what's happening here with these workers. They are getting a really, really good deal here. And um, although we aren't going to be having a, to endure a strike of any kind, uh, I, I, I worry that it is going to be the taxpayers are going to be essentially burdened with this uh, increased cost because that cost is essentially just going to travel down to consumers via increased prices, via increased taxes, all the sort of uh, different ways that, that those costs are going to shift over to us. And so I'm I'm really worried about that. But um, thankfully, at least we can say that the, the strike has been alleviated, has been avoided for now. And um, it's just, you know, at least we will we'll have trains. We'll have trains moving our items and goods uh, across the country, and hopefully the supply crisis will not get any worse. But speaking of things getting worse, uh, we've talked on here about the border crisis and how essentially terrible it has been handled by the Biden administration. There have been upwards of over a million illegal migrants entering the country since Biden administration had uh, entered or since Biden entered office, and it has really, really not been uh, any any better. They have not secured the border. Uh, actually, apparently the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, she actually said recently uh, that she literally said like word for word, the border is secure. And it's like, uh, really? We have over a million, possibly two million illegal migrants just crossing the border. Like that is, uh, it doesn't really seem too secure to me in my eyes. Uh, maybe maybe to someone else, maybe to someone in the White, White House, it seems good, secure enough for them. But uh, for me, that 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 seems a little, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, southern states, southern states like Texas and Florida that are that are receiving these migrants are really, really not having it. They're kind of fed up. They're tired of having to essentially 
host these millions of migrants in these cities. I mean, they don't have the resources. They don't have the capacity to be able to keep all of these people in, in the States. It's just, they don't have what, what it takes to hold them in and they can't do anything about it because the Biden administration doesn't want to do anything about it. They want to let, uh, let us have open borders. They want to have as many migrants come in as possible. And so essentially, if you haven't been following these states, like, uh, governor of Texas, uh, Greg Abbott and we have Ron DeSantis of Florida have been kind of upset by this. And they're like, okay, well, if the Democrats want an open border, then we're going to let them have an open border. Uh, we have these cities like New York city and we have, uh, Sacramento. Uh, we have all of these cities over the country, these Democrat run cities essentially calling themselves quote sanctuary cities for these illegal migrants saying that everyone is welcome here. We, we, we want everyone to come feel safe. We will hope we will host you. You can come live with us. And that's basically the messaging that they've been putting out. And they've been able to put that out because they haven't been able to deal with the consequences. They aren't having illegal migrants come into their cities. They can't. We There's no migrants coming into New York City from the southern border. There isn't any migrants going to these Democratic cities. They're all going into El Paso. They're going to Florida. They're going into red states. And Democrats are saying, yeah, let them come in. It's not a problem. We want them here. And so essentially, Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis and other uh, Republican leaders are like, okay, fine. That's what you want. Then here, here you go. And essentially, they have been busing and flying migrants to uh, these Democrat cities like uh, D.C., and in New York and all the other cities that have labeled themselves as quote unquote sanctuary cities. That way they're like, Hey, here's your migrants. See, here are the people that you are advocating to come to the U S. Um, and yet after these migrants are arriving in the cities, you, you would think that the Democrats would be like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Come on in. We're going to welcome you. Here you go. We've got everything you need, but no, obviously that is not what's happening. We have the mayor of New York and DC complaining saying that they just simply don't have the resources taking these migrants. They're saying, please stop. You can't do this. This is human rights violations. We, we don't have the necessary resources to take care of these people. And it's like, really? Really? That's surprising. Hmm. I, I wonder why, how that could be. It's almost as if none of us do. <laughs> That's why we want a secure border. Yet, um, uh, Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis and all the other Republican leaders, are they're like, that, yeah, that's what we're trying to tell you for the past couple of months. So yeah, you don't care because you aren't the ones suffering the consequences. So they are busting these migrants and they're flying these migrants to these Democrat cities and the libs are getting upset. They're crying about it, talking about, hey, we can't take these people in. It's it's increasing costs. We, we just simply don't have the necessary resources behind this. And essentially, that's what Republicans are trying to prove by this move. Um, and honestly, you know, not that my opinion matters or anything, but if that's the policy that you're advocating for, if you're advocating for migrants to cross the border freely and illegally, then you should be able to take on the consequences. I mean, you can't say I'm going to be a good person and let all of these migrants come into the U S uh, illegally undocumented, whatever. And, uh, I'm going to feel good about that. Cause I'm advocating for that. Yeah. I don't got to deal with the consequences. You have to deal with consequences. I'm going to force you to deal with them. And I'm going to take the credit for being a good person while you say, well, you are framed as a bad person because you don't like it because you're actually having to deal with the costs and the uh, consequences of my decision making. So it's really just not, uh, not not great. They're obviously finding out that this is a national problem. Uh, I think we actually had the, the mayor of, I want to say Chicago. I might have gotten that wrong. But one of the Democratic mayors essentially admitted that this is a national issue that needs addressing. And so that's that's the point. The point here is to say, hey, we cannot have 2 million plus illegal migrants crossing into the U.S., we, we have to have somewhat secure border uh, because there are economic consequences to these migrants coming into the country. 
And that's essentially what's trying to be proven via this uh, these actions. Yet, we have our folks over at CNN talking about, uh, thinking about it very differently. We, uh, there are these filmmakers that are creating an upcoming documentary. And uh, CNN, uh, CNN's host, John Berman, is interviewing these filmmakers about the upcoming documentary discussing the Holocaust. And yeah, uh, I know, I know. It's very, very weird. Uh, and... When discussing this this documentary, John Berman brings up uh, what's uh, what's been going on with these migrants and how they've been bussed and flew to these democratic cities. And he, he goes to say that, well, you know, they're, they're not exactly the same, but, um, you know, what, what's been happening with these migrants is, you know, there's similar themes to the documentary. <laughs> like, he literally says what's happening with migrants has similar themes to like Auschwitz and like the Holocaust. I'm not even kidding. Here's the clip. Here's the clip if you want to hear it for yourselves. We woke up to the news this morning that Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida sent two plane loads of migrants uh, to Martha's Vineyard off the coast of Massachusetts, including kids and whatnot. And I'm not saying this is not a one for one. This is not a parallel here in any way. But it does address some of the same themes that are part of this documentary. Well, yeah, so... Um... I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on over there. I, I don't know how someone could say that uh, with a straight face, but um, wow. So, so yeah, um, uh, apparently when we have 2 million plus illegal migrants walking into Texas from the southern border and we have migrants dying, thousands of migrants dying, children dying on their way to the border because they're incentivized to come to the border because there's an open border, there's no human rights violations there. That's totally fine. But as soon as we start busing and flying these migrants to democratic cities for them to take on the consequences, oh, it's like Auschwitz. It's, there's human rights violations. We can't deal with this. It's complete 180. Anyway, just goes to show that, you know, you have to understand the ramifications of your decisions. You cannot just make a decision such as making our border less secure and free, essentially, without dealing with the economic repercussions. You have to be ready for that. And if you're not, it's going to be a sucker punch. And that's essentially what's been felt by these democratic cities after these, uh, these migrants. I mean, shit, there, and these have only been like a few hundred, like 500 or something like that have been shipped to, um, it's like one city, uh, 50 to another, something like that. It's not very, even very high numbers. Imagine the millions that are going into Texas and Florida. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, these people just have to realize that their policies have ramifications, but anyway, that's about all that I have for you today. This is a bit longer of an episode, so I thank you guys for sticking with me. I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I will uh, be looking at the news again next week, and I just want to thank you for tuning in, and I will see you all next week. Have a happy weekend. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, and I will see you all next Friday on Pep Talk. Bye-bye, everybody.